The Memphis Grizzlies are on a roll. Joel Embiid carries the Sixers through an overtime thriller, and we break down the latest report on the Portland Trailblazers on the verge of a blockbuster trade. All that and more coming up next. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, it's a Tuesday edition of Locked On NBA, your daily podcast covering all things around the NBA. However, you may be listening on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. I'm David Ramil, the co-host of Locked On Heat. And joining me for the first time is the co-host of Locked On Bulls, Big Dave Watson. How are you, my man? I'm beautiful. I, I got to say something to you, though, man. And I yeah. say this without any, I say it without any bias. All right. You have an incredible first name, sir. <laughs> I, I agree 100%. <laughs> I like it. 100%. I like yours as well. I think it's great. I mean, it's the big day show. We should just go with this completely from now on. Two days Easy, is always baby. better than one. Hey, that's the way to do oh, it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yes, it was sir. a busy night on Monday. Uh, oh, anyway, we've got a great show for you today. We've got uh, 10 games to cover. But uh, first of all, just a reminder that today's show is brought to you by Truebill. Uh, it's Truebill is a new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need. And you can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. It's a busy night. Like I said, 10 games. We'll start off with the unexpected best game of the night, an overtime thriller in Charlotte. The Hornets were facing the Philadelphia 76ers with LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, Ish Smith, and Mason Plumlee all out. Due to health and safety protocols, the Hornets were led by Kelly Oubre Jr.'s 35 points, but it wasn't enough to make up for Joel Embiid, 43 points for Embiid. He was a difference maker, and especially in overtime, scoring six of Philadelphia's points, and the Hornets, with only eight active players, simply ran out of gas. Dave, I, I was watching part of the game, and, I, I, you know, the biggest takeaway for me is that, you know, Charlotte was able to hold their own uh, on a night when they were missing so many key players. And then conversely, Philadelphia welcoming back Joel Embiid, having a dominant performance, obviously with no Ben Simmons, and they were missing Tyrese Maxey and everything else. But was this a better loss for the Charlotte Hornets than it was a good win for Philadelphia? Because it looks like the Philadelphia – I thought the Philadelphia 76ers, as a team that sees themselves as a contender, should have put away the Hornets a lot quicker, and, and I, they just weren't able to do that. In fact, again, going into overtime. What do you think? I think it was a good win by the Sixers. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to take anything away from Charlotte because everything you said is correct. I mean, yeah. they had seven players in double figures. Like, they were playing phenomenal. And like you said, half of their team was out. But you right. got to remember, like, they've, they've done this already. And they ended up beating the Hawks. I believe it was 130-127. So they've done this before, and they've shown they can have success without their main pieces in there. But the way they played, man, like Charlotte is really fun to watch. They're one of my favorite teams to actually just check out and sit and watch because I've sure. always been a huge Miles Bridges fan. But yeah. I tell you, man, they got that dude, J.P. Thor. Oh, my mm -hmm. God. I just, I just want him to be a star because your last name is Thor. <laughs> like, like <laughs> Dude, they can say that all day long and you will be the man. No, they were fun to watch. I love the way they came back because Philly tried to keep taking that lead on them. They they couldn't leave them. And, you know, them being at home, I'm sure, also played into it as well. But sure. they played tough, man. They played hard nose. And that's all credit to the coach that they have. But, man, in the end, when you got the best player on the floor, it's all you got to have to win. Yeah. 43, 15, and seven is insane. And he was hitting the buckets 
to get them to overtime. They just ran their whole offense through him in that late fourth quarter, man. Joel Embiid is special, for real. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, 12 of 14 from the free throw line for Embiid, too. The Hornets as a team only took 17 free throws, so it's not like they were getting any kind of home cooking there. Uh, Mm -hmm. But the Philadelphia 76ers, again, I I don't know. Something about them seems to be missing, and and they're Mm -hmm. in the news for all the wrong reasons, too, because uh, as we were talking before we started recording the show, there is a link to some rumors that uh, are being reported. Well, maybe not rumors necessarily, but a report from The Athletic that came out on Monday morning that the Sixers might be involved in a trade with the uh, Portland Trailblazers in exchange for C.J. McCollum that uh, Dame Lillard is reportedly interested in playing with Ben Simmons. Now, Dame has since come out and negated those rumors, saying, you know, everybody just wants to talk, everybody just wants clout. What do you think of that proposed trade? Uh, uh, C.J. McCollum, I can't remember what the other pieces are, but C.J. McCollum being the, the the biggest part of what would go to Philadelphia in exchange for Ben Simmons. you like that move for either team? Oh, deal. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I, I like that move. Um, Philly needs a shooting guard. They need it. It's what they, right. they are lacking. It's what they are missing. They definitely need that. Uh, ben Simmons needs a, a new scene and he needs a new scene because he keeps telling you he needs a new scene. He's not playing <laughs> in Philly anymore. And we yeah. know he's really good. And I don't, I don't ever want that to get lost in this, that Ben Simmons is a really, really good basketball player. I mean, for a guy who can't shoot, he still scores 17 points a game and right. he plays incredible defense. This dude is great and he can play the point guard or he can play the small forward and he's tall enough to play basically all five positions. So he's a great player. I think he fits well with Dame Lillard because he'll have somebody, you know, to kind of take that pressure off of him because Dame Lillard is all about that pressure. We know his resume and what he does in the clutch, but Ben Simmons will find and make people better around him. They don't have that right now in Portland, somebody around them to make everybody better. And that's what he can definitely do for that team, man. So they can remove pressure off of each other. So I think it's a good fit for both teams um, because Philly's got to get something and why not get somebody that is a fringe all-star, you know, who, you know, can, can on a incredible night drop 40 for you. You know what I mean? And kind of carry your team. Yeah, no, I I get it. I I think from the Philadelphia side of things, it would certainly benefit them a lot more than it would Portland. My concern is that a guy like Simmons who does struggle offensively and sure you're, you know, that Lillard's going to put up the bulk of those shots, but he also right. needs the ball in his hands a lot. He creates offense for himself. Mm. He takes those those big shots, and that kind of negates what Simmons does then because he can't be that playmaking big if he doesn't have the ball in his hands. He's not going to just be a standstill shooter because, well, he doesn't shoot. <laughs> so that's not a role for him. So I, I'm curious to see whether or not there might be a third team involved. We've known that Simmons has been linked to the Minnesota Timberwolves at various times throughout the year, too. So it's, it's going to be an interesting deal. But um, there's some dysfunction in Portland. It's been there. Mm-hmm. It's been more evident over the last couple of weeks. Obviously, they just fired yeah. their general manager, too. And we'll talk about that in the uh, third segment. But moving on, we'll go to Indiana where the Pacers have been struggling right now. They look very sloppy of late, uh, but they snapped a four-game losing streak with a 116-110 win over Washington. The Pacers were led by Domanta Sabonis with 30 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, and 3 steals, mm. maybe just shy of Joel Embiid for the line of the night, effectively doing everything to save the night for the Pacers. I'm not sure we can say that this is the Pacers riding the ship because they've been so up and down all season, mostly mm-hmm. down, uh, but the Wizards... They're four and six of their last 10, and they've been quietly bad after their hot start. Is this more of who they really are, or can they get back to their winning ways, Dave? Oh, that's a great question. Honestly, I think it's more of who the Pacers are. 
because uh, I, I think the Pacers are a really, really good team. And you're right. They've been very up and down. They haven't been steady uh, in what they've done all season. But I yeah. really think this is a real good basketball team, man. You mentioned that's a bonus line. And also, he was 11 of 15 from the field. Like, yep. <laughs> that's ridiculous, man. He is a great player. I love Malcolm Brogdon. Every time you look up, he's got 20 and 6. I love Karis LeVert as well. Miles Turner is my guy. I've been trying to get him on the Bulls. I've been talking <laughs> to Tony East, trying to get him on the Bulls. Like, you know, you got to give him up, man. But, oh, man, Washington – it's it's really really interesting because like you said four and six but what lost eight of their last twelve, yeah. um, I mean Bradley Bill is Bradley Bill. It's what he's going to sure. do. But if you don't have Spencer Dinwiddie who didn't play tonight, if you don't right. have him in the game and you don't have that steady consistency, that's also not going to be a good thing for you. But I think I think you're right though. I think it kind of comes down to earth a little bit for that team because they started off so high, but I don't think anybody thought they would stay there. I thought they would kind of get into the middle of the pack and kind of just ride that wave. So I don't think they'll fall all the way off and, or anything like that. But like I said, the Pacers, man, is, is who I more attribute this win to because I just think they're a good basketball team. And also got to shout out my man, Daniel Gafford had 14 and eight, baby. Got to say that. That's my guy. <laughs> well, look, I, I, I like the Pacers too. I've, you know, they've been very consistently good, not great over the last few years, but they've got all this depth, all this talent, but they've also had a number of injuries. They were missing, of course, TJ McConnell. They're always missing. Uh, what's his name? I can't remember. The, T- the other TJ uh, on the roster, I can't recall his name right now, but uh, oh, TJ Warren. Warren. TJ yeah, Warren. sorry. Mm-hmm. Totally drew a blank. But the other, there's too many TJs on that team. But anyway, yeah, all, all these all these guys that they've had off the roster are not available to play there. And, and you know, Karis LeVert is who he is, kind of wildly inefficient still at this point in his career. There's always been questions about Turner and Sabonis and whether or not they fit together. And then you've got Rick Carlisle, who's had problems in the past connecting with teams. And now at this point in his Mm. career, I wonder whether or not he's just not having the same kind of uh, ability to get through these players as we've seen in the past. They've got to figure it out. They've been also kind of blowing things late in games, too. So they've struggled not just in clutch situations, but also just in late game fourth quarter situations where they just give up these big leads. And they were, you know, surprisingly able to hold on to it tonight against Wizards. But, you know, we'll, we'll move on. It was the dog of the night. The Detroit Pistons were hosting the Oklahoma City Thunder. Somebody had to win this game. It looked like the Pistons <laughs> had the game well in hand until they did what bad teams often do, and they just fell apart in the fourth quarter, getting outscored 42-22 to 22 in the last period. Wow. A 20, a 20-point margin as the Thunder came back to win at 114-103 behind 30 points from Shea Gildas-Alexander and 28 from Lou Dort. Cade Cunningham had a nice night, though, 28 points, 11 rebounds, five assists, and two steals. And after a rough start to his season, looks like he's a strong candidate for Rookie of the Year. I know that we recently ran a poll here in the network uh, about his chances of winning Rookie of the Year. What do you think? Despite Detroit's losing waste, Dave, do you think that he has a chance of winning Rookie of the Year? Oh, no question. I mean, he's the guy you're going to watch. He's the guy that's box office when you're watching the Detroit Pistons. I mean, I know Jeremy Grant is a good player, but when we show up, we show up to watch Cade. And when he puts up numbers like this, it makes it easy to defend and say, yep, there's your rookie of the year. Because, you know, when you're drafted overall number one or number two, you know, you already have all eyes on you. So I have a thing. I think that if you're just playing solid, you know what I mean? You're just being consistent in your numbers. I think it's an easy way to get to rookie of the year. If you're playing over that and they're taking into consideration the team that you're on also, I yeah. think that, yeah, you have a great, great shot. I mean, and also he was six of 11 from the three-point line as well. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Like he did everything he could to make that team win, but th- we know the team that he's on, you know, they're not going to be able to hold leads all the time, but as long as he plays well and you consistently see him trying to make his team better with his play, like he's just not out there, you know, taking shots from half court or, you know, doing anything crazy like that. No, he's actually out there playing that position of point guard and trying to get everybody on his team involved and trying to, to establish an identity, you know what I'm saying, for Detroit. Yeah. Cause it's all going to start with him. So yeah, when all the pressure is on you, and you're performing as a rookie, that's a sure way to get rookie of the year. Now, I, you know, I think he also struggled at times. He did have six turnovers, but you've yeah. seen the game kind of slow down for him, and it feels like he's just more aware of the pace of the NBA level. Obviously, he had to come back from injury. He's had to work his way into just, to, you know, just figuring out what he can do out on the floor. But it seems like, again, the pace is slowed down. He understands exactly how to fit in, how to find his spots, how to get to the rim, how to sh- create from the outside, how to make plays for others. And that's exactly the strength of his game. So you're absolutely right. I think he is uh, probably the shoe in for the rookie of the year. I guess you could probably make a strong argument at this point for Evan Mobley. So that's going to be an interesting mm-hmm. race down towards the end of the season. But we'll talk about some more of the games from around the NBA on Monday night in the next segment. But first, just a reminder that this episode is brought to you by Truebill. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebills because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. Truebill has over 2 million users and it's helped save them over $100 million and you could be next. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockdownNBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash LockdownNBA could save you thousands a year at Truebill.com slash LockdownNBA. And just another reminder that Theragun is the solution for you. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. Whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me just trying to make it through the day tension-free, Theragun can help. It's the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power that's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It goes to the source of the pain by releasing tension using a percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out an injury or just the stress of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. Try Theragun for 30 days starting at only $199. Go to therabody.com slash lockdown right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash lockdown. Thanks for making Lockdown NBA your first listen every day. Remember that every episode is always free and available wherever you get the show. Moving on on Monday night's action, the Chicago Bulls were hosting the Denver Nuggets. Chicago came away with a big win there, 109 to 97. DeMar DeRozan entered the health and safety protocols earlier today, but Zach Levine took over offensively, leading all scores with 32 points. The Bulls are currently second in the Eastern Conference standings. 
But will with Milwaukee climbing and Washington and Miami both struggling of late, where do you see the Bulls in the East pe- pecking order, Dave? I know, obviously, you're closely affiliated with the team, but you've got an oh, inside yes. perspective there. Uh, how oh. strong are the Bulls' chances of coming away as the best team in the East? Oh, you know what's wild? This is not a crazy statement. <laughs> it, it, it feels good to say, like, yeah, they, they have a chance to come away being with the best rugby, being the best team in the East. That's so amazing that I can actually back this up with some logic and some basketball and not just hope and wishes. That's really great. I, yeah. I had the bulls as the six seed uh, coming in. That's where I thought that they would be at. Um, I said, if they, if everything goes right for them, they will end up at the three seed. I watching them play right now. It's an elite level of basketball going on here in Chicago, man. Like these guys are really playing. defense is contagious uh people think offense is contagious it's not nobody wants to miss a shot but you can control effort on the defensive end and if you watch the bulls play that's what they play with straight up effort and billy donovan loves small ball lineups and you can tell they have a type they like high iq guys they like guys who have a nice size maybe six five or above because they switch everything like you can't really get a mismatch on anyone uh, unless you're playing their centers. And even their centers are solid as far as their footwork and how they move their feet and things like that. And they have guards that will come help them on defense and things like that. But overall, man, like it leads to offense for them. And I mean, they do that so well. They are awesome in transition. Like you said, Zach with 32 points, also eight assists. Yeah. Yep. Alonzo with a 20, 10, four assists, four block night. Yeah, Vucci with 20 and 10. You had the rookie, Ayo DeSumo, started. I think he played like 41 minutes, 11 points, 8 assists, 6 rebounds, man. Like, this team is just really, really built. And remember, half of these guys are out. Like, Kobe's yep. out. Patrick Williams is out. Um, DeMar DeRozan didn't play tonight because of protocols. Like, and on and on and on. But yet, they still found a way to win against the defending uh, MVP out here. And it's our first time that we swept the Nuggets since Jordan was here. So, yeah, wow. the Bulls definitely have a shot to be that team that is the best team in the East for sure. So what's the prognosis for the, for the team with DeRozan now? Like uh, how many games would he miss if he has to go through the full slate of uh, the health and safety protocols? That's like two weeks, right, before he could come back to action? Right, it's 10 days. Uh, it's 10 days before you can come back to action. Uh, we'll find out more tomorrow because uh, they said they don't – nobody said that he came back with a positive, so it might be a false positive. Sure. So we're going to check and see, you know, what it is. And that's, of course, that's what we're hoping for. But if it is and it comes down like that, yeah, that'll be 10 days that he's out. Uh, Kobe White still in those protocols. And but they, they just it's, it's a next man up mentality for them. And the fact that they have so many wings and so many you know guys with good size and the fact they like playing with each other and the way they play defense, man, the Bulls, they're, they're a problem. They're a serious, serious problem. Yeah, well, uh, speaking of serious problems, the Bulls will be traveling to Miami this weekend, but the Heat look yeah. like they're really struggling. They've been uh, trying to find their identity, obviously, without Bam at a bio. That takes a big chunk of what they yeah. can do defensively. They were hosting the Memphis Grizzlies tonight. Miami was really good at rebounding the ball early in the season, but of late, they have not been so good. They've dropped near the bottom of the league. And, of course, Memphis, one of the best rebounding, actually the best rebounding team in the league right now with no John Morant. Memphis goes on to spank Miami 105 to 90. The Grizzlies have won five in a row, and it feels like nobody's talking about them because, of course, they've been without Morant now, but they're quietly very, very, very good. They've actually been 
maybe not even uh, better, obviously, without Morant. I guess that's a, that would be the big question, right? If, if this yeah. team is a better team without Morant, obviously that's not the case. But they have to change the style of their play. They're more egalitarian the way they share the ball uh, offensively. They have to make plays for others. They're using their size more effectively. They've been getting some really strong performances from Jaron Jackson Jr. What do you think of the Grizzlies there, Dave? Well, first of all, thanks for improving my vocabulary with egalitarian. That's, oh, that's of course. That's amazing. what I'm here for. Thank you, thank you for that, sir. Thank you. But <laughs> You're welcome. Memphis Memphis is one of my sleeper teams who I always watch because I love John Morant. He's probably my yeah. favorite point guard in the league. I've, I've loved him since college. That's my guy. Really? Um, I like I like when teams start winning without their star players, sure. especially teams like this, because they start asking, well, are they better without John Morant? And really, that's like the Lakers winning five straight well are they better without lebron no you know what I'm like they got, it's lebron tape you're gonna need your best player in but i get what they're saying when you go and you win a game by 70 plus points in these five games that they've won uh david they have not trailed one time yep that that is crazy <laughs> they have not trailed once man guys like desmond bain have stepped up i mean uh he was phenomenal been, against the heat tonight 21 oh, points for he's him. With, He's been great, man. He's having, what, a 45, 40, 90 season right now? Like, he's been playing really well, man. Like, Steven Adams, I always have liked him. I love the way he fits with that team. Because what's interesting about them is Memphis has always been that kind of grind team, right? But during this five-game stretch, they've, they've done it a little more with finesse as far right. as on the offensive end. Uh, they still have that, you know, physicality defensively. But on the offensive end, they've done it with some just three-point shooting, you know, guys getting hot. I mean, look at them tonight. Uh, the whole starting five was in uh, double figures. Steven Adams was 17 and 16. Like, yep. they played extremely, extremely well. And, I mean, they're, they're, they're going to be a problem. Like, I really am looking for them to make that playoff push. But when John Morant gets back, it will make them better because that's what great players do. They make your well, team better. It's just that the offense is different now. It's just not the ball. You, know, you just don't put the ball in Jaw's hand and watch him go to work. You see all these other right, guys right. creating plays for others. Dylan Brooks with eight assists. Sure. Tyus Jones with seven assists. So 26 assists on 38 total made field goals for them. So this is a team where now they're moving the ball. And, and that was the killer for Miami tonight. They just couldn't stop it because there was one action that revolved into another one. And they would just swing the ball around and create another opportunity from the three-point range. They shot 40% from three. So this is a team that's just – it's built a little differently with Morant out of the lineup. So it's not True. to say, obviously, that they're better. But to, to be able to kind of develop a new identity without him and a winning mm -hmm. one, it's just an interesting development for this team that's become quietly very, very good and not getting the kind of attention they deserve. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right with that. But I think it also bodes well for when Ja comes back. That means you're when right. he goes to the bench and sits down, guess what? They've shown you they can play well without him. So that identity will still be there. But I, I have a question for you, you know, being a he guy, man. What yep. is going on with Duncan Robinson? Like, what is the issue happening <laughs> with him? Because he has just really been off this season. Well, he's kind of come back a little bit. He had some strong games over the weekend, particularly against the Indiana Pacers. Uh, he's just had to find a new way to get his points, and he's a little uncomfortable. I think it's just a mm. slump. It's not really as big a deal as people are, look, are making it seem. Uh, he's kind of mm. been not not necessarily. He, he's bristled a little bit at the, the you know anybody who asks him about the slump and things of that sort. But the reality is, uh, he's not working the dribble handoff as much as he did with Bam Adebayo, and now that Bam is hurt. It's had to kind of change the way he gets his open looks with Kyle Lowry holding the ball more, creating opportunities for him there. It's a little different than it was in years past. I think it'll eventually even out. Uh, the problem is that, weirdly enough, 
He's just not getting any playing time in late game situations. He hasn't played in the fourth quarter over the last four games for Miami. Uh, So that's a a weird statistic when you consider he's a starter. But when you have Tyler Hero, he's just probably better suited for going out there and getting you a bucket in clutch situations rather than a guy like Duncan who needs other players to get his offense going. He, he, you know, he's a guy who's not going to create offense for himself so much as he is Mm -hmm. just going to be able to get that open shot off. But you know, that's a, that's a conversation as always, make sure you go listen to lockdown heat for more in-depth analysis, but uh, let's move on. Giannis Antetokounmpo was celebrating his birthday on Monday and got a win as well. Notching 27 points in a 112 104 win over the Cavaliers. Giannis went three of three from three point range uh, after a slow start. The Milwaukee Bucks have quietly gone nine and one. Talk about another team that's been picking up steam over the last couple of weeks, over the last 10 games. Uh, they're not getting enough attention because I think they look like the best team in the East. I know we talked about the Bulls before. Yeah. I don't even think it's particularly close right now. I mean, the everybody had Brooklyn as a favorite, so obviously with their big three. I don't think anybody really expected the Bulls to be as good as they've been. Uh, you still have teams theoretically like Washington, Miami, and others that could kind of contend maybe Philadelphia if they could make a trade. But Milwaukee, they look really, really good. They're just dominating right now. And they still without a couple of key players. Dante DiVincenzo playing for their G League team now. Brooke Lopez out of the lineup still. Uh, there's a potential trade that has been rumored about maybe acquiring your guy, Miles Turner, too, prying him out of Indiana. Uh, that would make that team very, very good. But what do you think oh. of the Bucks this year? Like, I mean, they've been a very, very good team that nobody seems to be caring about right now. And I think that's just the way they like it. Um, it's, it's weird to say that a team that won a championship is going is flying under the radar. But yep. it feels like that's what it is, right? But yep. because the Nets are always going to be the team everybody looks at because of the star power and because of what's going on with Kyrie Irving. Um, the Bulls stealing headlines from people. Um, the Miami Heat were definitely a team people were looking at as a top three team. Like, yeah, they, those are the guys who, who are the sexy people. You know what I'm saying? Who everybody's sure. looking at it, just watching. Milwaukee is just going under the radar, man. But it's hard to say they're not the best team in the East because when the big three play, they are 11 and 0. (laughs) They have not lost the game when the big three are out there playing. Giannis is just a nightmare. There is no defense for Giannis Antetokounmpo. I don't care how tall he is. I don't care how short he is, how big or how small he is. There's nothing you can do to stop him. He can only stop himself. 27 and 12, and it looked easy. It didn't even look hard for him. It just looked very simple and very easy. The three three pointers were key because one of those three pointers came at a time in the fourth quarter when the Cavs actually made a run because the Cavs actually made this a game. It didn't feel like it was going to be one that started, but they actually came back and made it a real game. And Giannis hit a big old three pointer, like right in their face to keep that lead elevated and keep uh, them within uh, arm's reach and things like that. But man, just to answer your question, I mean, goodness, there are a problem. I don't see why they're not the best team in the East when you look at the numbers of when their big three play and they haven't lost a game. That's that's best team in the East stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll wrap up all of Monday night's action in our next segment. But first, just a reminder that you listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Get three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line and a free 5G phone when you switch, so you can get the latest episodes of Locked on NBA, of course, all on one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. That's Boost Mobile. A free phone is limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions may apply. Offers and coverage not available to everyone or for all phone networks. See BoostMobile.com for details.
moving on. Thanks so much for making Locked on NBA your first listen every day. Of course, make sure to subscribe wherever you get podcasts, and you can always follow the show on YouTube as well. And always make sure to check out Locked on Bulls and Locked on Heat for your second and third listens because those shows are really, really yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's well, move on. We have, we got a few more games to talk about tonight. The Hawks, they hit a season-high 25 three-pointers against Minnesota. Uh, mm. The Timberwolves got 31 points from Carl Anthony Towns, and the Hawks held on to win at 121 to 110. A pretty solid game, but uh, – I don't know that there were any strong particular takeaways from this one. It looks like the Hawks have been kind of quietly hovering around the 500 mark. I know they were struggling a little bit to start off the season. What have you made about Atlanta season so far? And, and do you think they can reproduce some of last year's success? I, I think they can. I, I honestly am a little surprised that they're 13 and 12 right now. I yeah. thought I had them a little higher up. I thought they would be like maybe a four seed. Uh, just because of how well they played uh, last year and mm-hmm. they didn't lose anything. All they did was gain age and gain wisdom. So I thought that they would be a, a little bit better, uh, but it seems like the new foul rules are definitely bothering Trey young, but it hasn't bothered him in the last eight games. Cause if you look at his numbers in the last eight games, he it's has phenomenal. been on an absolute tear and he's been a monster. Even tonight, 29, seven and 11. He's, he's just been phenomenal, man. He's awesome to watch, but I expect them to be better. I really, really do. They have, to so many great players on their team, so many great young talent on, on their team, man, that they should be better than what they are. So I think they're better than what their record says, but you're, you are who your record says you are at this point in time. But I think they'll be better, man, and I expect them to be a little higher up. You, you think they'll be poised for like a late season push? Yeah, because if you remember last year, that's exactly what happened. They were 14 sure. and 20. And then they fired their coach and then they just completely took off and everything was a little easy. So it's not like they haven't done this before. You know what I mean? Yeah. Good point. Good point. All right. Well, we'll move on to the San Antonio Phoenix Suns game. The Suns were able to pull out their 108 to 104 over a surprisingly uh, feisty San Antonio mm-hmm. team. They were pretty good tonight. Uh, the Suns improved their record to 20 and four, obviously after having their 18 game win streak, just snapped by the golden state warriors. They get back to their winning ways. They shot 35% from three point range, only 67% from the free throw line. And yet they were able to control the pace of the game, especially late in the game in order to pull away from the Spurs in the fourth quarter. They won that period 34 to 29. So a slight advantage for the Suns, but just enough to pull out a victory there. Uh, I don't know. Again, this is a game that really didn't resonate with me. Uh, did you have any <laughs> particular takeaways for this one for Phoenix? It's just another opportunity to keep on winning. Yeah, it was, it was one big takeaway for me from, from this game. This game for me came down to one play because like you said, the Spurs were feisty and it seems like they always are because they're so well coached and they have players on their team that if you show me a thousand pictures of them and then put them in front of my face, I still wouldn't know who they are, but man, they came down to one play fourth quarter. It was a pass that was trying, they were trying to pass it back to Chris Paul. DeJounte Murray reached out, stole the ball. This was like a few minutes left in the game. It was a two-point game, a few minutes left. Reached out, stole the ball, taking it in on Chris Paul. Chris Paul amazingly slaps the ball out of his hand. I still don't know how he did it. He hit yep. the ball out of his hand, and, and Murray couldn't control it to the point where Murray uh, knocked the ball off of himself, and it went out of bounds, and it became a turnover right back to Phoenix. The very next play down, they find Cam Johnson in the quarter for three, puts that lead up five. That is a five-point swing. That was the game right there. Just an incredible play by Chris Paul. I think he finished with 21-10. and 10. Just a great game by him. Great play. 
Absolutely. Well, uh, Golden State was hosting the Orlando Magic. Obviously, the Magic struggling with injuries, struggling to rebuild yet again. The only five and twenty, the very opposite record of the Golden State Warriors, who improved to twenty and four with a one twenty six to ninety five beatdown, a thirty one point victory over the Orlando Magic. They got thirty one points, coincidentally, from Steph Curry. He's been pretty good of late. I don't know if you knew this, Dave. But <laughs> seven of 13 from three-point range, so just an incredible night from him shooting the ball. But they got a surprisingly great offensive night from Andrew Wiggins. 28 points from him, 9 of 17 for the floor, 8 of 10 from the free-throw line. The Magic couldn't stop fouling him. Uh, is Wiggins the offensive spark that the Golden State Warriors are needing? I mean, they're going to get Clay Thompson at some point. No updates, I think, from uh, anybody in Golden State regarding Clay's return. But uh, they've been getting a consistent, you know, offensive production from Wiggins, and he had a big game tonight. What do you think Golden State can count on Wiggins moving forward? Oh, yeah, because Wiggins, I always felt, is better when pressure is not going to really be on him. Um, and this is one of those games I think that's like that. You're playing the 5-20 and 20 Orlando Magic, and you can come <laughs> out and hit – you come out and hit eight threes on the Magic. Yeah, for sure. You could definitely do that for sure. But if – when – I shouldn't say if, but when Thompson, Clay Thompson, comes back, yeah, he takes him, you know, he takes a step down as far as ranking is concerned, as far mm-hmm. as scoring ranking is concerned. So that means he's going to get some wide open shots. He's going to get a bunch of wide open looks without none of that pressure on him to be the man or to carry anything. Um, and Draymond Green has also been great for him, too. I can't say enough about him being in his ear and the way he, he has uh, helped his game a lot. But I think Wiggins is better without pressure on him. And having a guy like Thompson takes more pressure off of him so i think this will definitely uh help his game when thompson gets back absolutely well one more game on the on the slate for monday night a 102 to 90 victory for the los angeles la clippers i should say over the portland trailblazers the clippers got another strong performance from paul george he finished with 21 points eight rebounds and four assists to go with four steals as well so in 39 minutes of action a pretty strong showing for him uh, the Portland Trailblazers, however, despite the fact that they lost this game, seem to be the dominant story around NBA headlines because no Dame Lillard, no CJ McCollum in the in the lineup, uh, going through injuries, but also going for more, going through more dysfunction behind the scenes. Again, as we talked about in the first segment, a shakeup of the front office, uh, some problems with their coaching staff. A lot of people questioning whether or not Chauncey Billups was in fact the best choice for this team that maybe Dame Lillard didn't necessarily approve of the hiring of Billups uh, and that Billups just hasn't had a real good gauge of how to manage this team. What is going on with the Portland Trailblazers? And is it time to just blow everything up, even up to and including the potential trade of Dame Lillard? Because at this point, it just seems like they need to restart things because they just have not been able. You look at this roster, you look at a guy like Robert Covington, who's limited in what he can do. Yusuf Nurkic isn't exactly the star yet you'd hope he'd be. You've got Norm Powell, who you're paying a lot of money to, and he's not, he's a fine player, but I mean, I'm sure he could be gotten, he could be traded for something in exchange if you're willing to just blow it up to rebuild. Is it time for the Portland Trailblazers to blow everything up, Dave? Oh, man, that is a great question. Uh, I'm going to say yes. Why not? Um, Because Dame is there and he's been there so long with the longevity because it's time you want to win a championship. Nothing going on right now or in the foreseeable future, it says that they're anywhere close to that. Um, that team is still struggling to figure out who can do what on that team, like all the players you just mentioned. I mean, yeah. when Chauncey Billups 
came out and he's like, look, I don't even understand how the bench players are inspiring the starters. Like, how does that work? It should be the right. other way around. Like the starters should be that. I honestly didn't like that because for me, and, and the reason I didn't was because Chauncey, you can tell is used to being great. And that sure. sounded like I'm used to being great. You know what I'm saying? Some teams, your bench can inspire you. Some teams, you know, when you're when you're down and you're out, your bench can go down and pick you up and carry you, you know what I'm saying, to certain victories and things like that. But his eyes are on it much more than I am, and he's getting paid much better than I am. And so he probably <laughs> definitely has a, a better handle and assessment on, on his team. But, man, I think it might be that time, though. Like, if CJ McCollum goes, then it's time. You know what I'm saying? That's the best way I can say it like that. Um, but unless depending on who they get back, if they get a Ben Simmons back or somebody like that, that they want to build around and things like that. Okay. But man, it's just not looking good. And from top to bottom, from organization on the top to what's going on on the floor, it just hasn't looked good for that team. Yeah, no, I, I agree. At this point, it just feels like you're, you're kind of stuck on this treadmill of mediocrity and that you're kind of just slowly building towards nothing. And you've got this potential. You're, 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 you've got these great players, a top 75 player, Dame Lillard, and you just can't seem to ever build the right team around him. And maybe maybe the decision is to keep Dame, uh, but how much longer before he gets publicly frustrated? We're, we're always playing this game with Dame about how, how much information is leaked behind the scenes. And then, of course, even today, when there's a report by The Athletic that he's open to a trade here or that he's open to a playing with a player like Simmons, and then he refutes it, it's like, where are these reports coming from? Is it just the media making things up? Is Dave kind of playing uh, a level of protection here? I don't know. I can't quite read that situation in Portland. I'm sure other people might have a better grip on it than I do, but it just seems like it's always this cat and mouse thing with him and I, i'm just not sure if he's frustrated if he's happy if he wants to stay if he wants to win i'm kind of tired of it to be honest with you it's just this back and forth that I, I never quite understand there and he's just too good a player to be stuck in this this team that nobody seems to be able to figure it out but we'll see maybe they'll blow it all up and maybe they'll make a recommitment to dame and be able to make a strong playoff push for the second half of the season. Dave, this has been great recording tonight's show with you. Of course, make sure to always follow Big Dave over at Ball Sports at B-A-U-L Sports. You can follow me at DRamil13. Thanks again for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Make sure to also check out Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. This is David Ramil signing off for now. Thanks for joining me, Big Dave. Thanks for having me, man. Bow. B-A-W-L. Let's roll.